Welcome to the Experience Starting Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Malcolm Stewart. Malcolm is a second-year student in our full-time MBA class of 2024, and he and I recently connected to talk more about his background, how he decided to pursue an MBA, what led him to Darden, what he's really enjoyed about his second year, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Malcolm Stewart. Malcolm, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. Thanks so much. It's great to have you here. How is everything going? Happy fall break. Fall break, indeed. And it is definitely happy. Um, so I things have been good. Things have been pretty good. I've uh, been enjoying the time. I think I'm still got a couple finals due in the next couple of days, but they're all papers for me right now. So I've been able to take some time to relax. Had a game night just the other day, which was very fun. And hopefully we'll have many more of those over the rest of fall break. But aside from that, it's just kind of taking a calm before the next storm of Q2 for a second year here. Yeah. What, do you have a favorite game these days, a game that you've been enjoying playing? Oh, man, there's so many, so many out there. Um, I'm, I'm a big Settlers of Catan fan, but I have been recently introduced by another Darden student to some of the more advanced games for the real nerds out there. I, I recently learned a game called Terraforming Mars, which is very fun. And a week or so ago, we learned a game, Dune, which is based off the book in the movie one of my favorite games now and i've been annoying them every day since then because i want to play more so hopefully we get another round of that and because i didn't do so hot on the last one but we'll see what happens but uh, that's what darn's all about as i found is finding people with similar interests and just growing and learning from that and it's been a pretty great time yeah it's a, a, amazing to me and doomed the movie popular so popular that I think the audience insisted on a follow-up, and the follow-up is coming. It'll be uh, out in 2024, as I understand it. I will be there opening night. You can guarantee it. Nice. Excellent. Well, let's talk a little bit more about your story and your background. Tell us who you are and uh, how you decided to pursue an MBA. Yeah, so I, you know, I first heard about Darden in my undergrad career, actually. So I attended the University of Virginia for undergrad. I actually was from North Carolina originally, born and raised in Winston-Salem, but I moved to Virginia when I was about 10 years old and lived right outside of Richmond for several years. And then ultimately found my way to the University of Virginia. I thoroughly enjoyed my time here, as many would say, drank the Kool-Aid, and I studied leadership and public policy. And throughout my four years at UVA, I, I loved my time here in Charlottesville. I got maybe a little too involved and had to pick and choose a little bit there on extracurriculars and focusing on academics, but I made it work, balanced. And ultimately during my fourth year, I took a seminar that was actually taught by Dean Beardsley, who was the Dean of the Darden School then and currently is still now. And he allows for a few fourth year students at UVA who are interested in business to sit in on his Darden seminar with second year students while also listening in on a class and actually participating in it. And so I was one of those five students who sat in there and had an amazing time. And I remember going through the cases and listening to these different individuals from all different walks of life, talk through their experiences as they're focusing on these business cases. And that was kind of the first time that business school kind of popped in my brain. It's like, that could be a, definitely something that I do in the future. And so at the end of that course, 
they had just started what is now known as the future year scholars program and so they kind of were like hey all of you who are fourth year students about to graduate if you're interested in an mba we have this new thing where you can apply right out of undergrad and if you're accepted you have to stay out for about two years but you can stay away for five get your work experience and you know you're in business school and so Hearing about that, I looked into it and ended up applying. And then once I started my job, um, I had moved out west and I was accepted. So I knew I had business school as an option for me in the future, should I decide to do that. The in-between there was what I did after graduation. So I spent some time traveling over the summer. I helped to plan a study abroad course for the UVA Law School, actually. And then when I got back, I started working as a associate product manager at an asset management firm out in Silicon Valley, Bay Area called McKenna Capital. It was a incredible experience. As you can tell, being in the asset management space was very different from leadership and public policy major that I had in undergrad. So it was a huge shift, a big learning curve for me. And I found myself working with a manager who was one of the best bosses I ever could have asked for. And he had been a product manager at PayPal and a couple of other companies before coming over to work with us. And he really taught me the lay of the land on being a product manager, figuring out how to interview with clients, speak with them, learn what they need and want, and then build something that satisfies them. And so I did that for several years and in my last year at McKenna started having more of a role that allowed me to be more client facing where I was working with them, helping to bring in prospects through our website, through our LinkedIn, because I had built out a lot of that digital presence for the firm. And what I found happened was I started hitting a point where I'd have conversations with prospective clients and they'd start asking questions, whether it was about the treasury or the Fed or just the markets overall and what our chief investment officer was thinking. And I would always have to pass those conversations to our analysts or people on the investment team. And I realized that if I want to continue to build a career in the space, I needed to get that economics and finance background. And that really is what ultimately prompted me to decide to come back to get my MBA and specifically to set my sights on potentially coming back to Darden. And so when I started going through that thought process of how can I bridge this gap in my own knowledge, how can I gain that experience and also be a place where I know and love very deeply, but also know will challenge me academically and professionally, then it made it a pretty simple decision at that point that I should go ahead, run with the future scholarship that I had and decide to matriculate in after four years out from undergrad. And so now I've been back. All right. So you returned to Charlottesville this time as a brand new graduate business student. And what was that adjustment process like uh, for you as you navigated those first few quarters of your first year? Yeah, I think that the adjustment process in ways was simpler than students who aren't familiar with Charlottesville, but also in ways a little challenging. Um, for me, coming back to a place I knew so well, I was close with family and close to family, and I just had a lay of the land already. I knew some of the better restaurants. I knew where all the back roads when traffic was crazy. Um, I knew where to live. And I, I purposely learning from my lessons from undergrad, live a little further off of grounds, um, about 15 minutes away down by the Walmart. Um, but that was a very strategic decision on my part, because as I mentioned earlier, I was someone who 
I, I had a hard time saying no. And I knew, as I mentioned earlier, that given what I was trying to learn while I was trying to do in grad school, if I were living where a lot of the students live over in the Ivy Gardens, then anytime someone's like, hey, want to stay together or play board games or whatever it's going to be, I'm going to say yes. So putting this buffer between myself and the rest of the university and all the many things and friends that I still have here from undergrad that I could go spend time with and hang out with has made it so that I kind of had this force field in a way to make sure that I'm actually spending the time on the things I need to so I can get what I need out of this degree, which is what I ultimately came here for. So I think that the main thing for me, as I've been thinking a lot through coming back in that transition is it was finding a way to love and do all the things that I enjoyed most while I was here before, but also focus on the pieces of exactly what I came to get. I think that that's a big thing for students interested in pursuing a professional degree is you a lot of times hear people talk about getting a master's in XYZ and they just kind of do it because they feel like it's the next step. They feel like it's the thing that they need to do to get to another spot. I think that the people who find the most success after getting a professional degree or additional degrees on top of the ones they already have are the ones who are able to designate what's the thing I need to learn? What's the experience I need to gain? And then can come and get that. I had a very structured kind of thought process in my head of I want to get to point A, B, and C. But to do that, I need to learn X, Y, Z. And for me, I feel like my first year at Darden, I learned X and Y. My summer internship that I very specifically chose I learned part of Z. And now, after taking a couple more classes in my second year, I've finished that concept. I've learned X, Y, and Z. Now it's just honing those so I can find that role in ABC. So that kind of process of being able to come in and narrow in that focus, I think will help a lot of people as they're thinking through this a lot because you'll be able to be more structured in the time that you take and the activities you pursue so that you can make sure that all of it's kind of coming together rather than having to jump around from different things which you're pursuing although i think business school is a great time to also figure yourself out figure out what you want to do but i think that you'll find your time can be used quite well if you're able to be more specific in that information and more specific in what you want to do you mind saying uh, what X, Y, and Z were, what these things that were really driving uh, you over your first year and during your time here at business school? Were? Yeah, de definitely. It's uh, so, I mean, simply put, as someone who did not do so hot in statistics and econ in undergrad, um, I really needed to learn those things. And so my finance classes first year were huge for me. My economics class was huge. I remember writing in my evaluation for my professor where I explicitly said, I've taken econ maybe three times in my educational career. This is the first time it ever made sense. And I just had this understanding of it. I remember going back to our chief investment officer at my old firm and I, I shot him a message and I was like, we learned about how the Fed decides to raise and lower interest rates and what it does for the economy today. And I now get why on every single one of our investor calls over the past couple of years, they kept asking you what the Fed was going to do. It makes so much sense. And so I had this kind of full circle moment. And so I think that 
in a lot of ways, it was those specific finance and econ classes for me, but there was also the elements of, I did have the opportunity when I was out West, I led a team of 16 engineers and four designers. So I had to learn to lead. I had to learn how to manage upward and communicate. And there are classes in leading organizations and also in our ethics classes that were helpful in thinking through some of that information. Obviously, hindsight's always 2020, but learning from other people who have been in different fields, had different opportunities in leadership and been in different roles, I could take a lot of their experiences, understand what they had learned, and think back, reflecting on how I maybe could have used that, and then also how I can apply that in my own future. All right. You mentioned that you're working towards ABC. What, what is? How would you think about ABC? Yeah. So I think for ABC, for me, coming from the asset management space, I I really was intrigued by it and want to go back into it. I had frankly not known anything about asset management. Uh, when I heard the term investing or investment banking, I always just thought hedge funds. And frankly, I didn't really know what that meant, what a hedge fund was when I was an undergrad. And then when I went out and worked for a firm that did the endowment model of investing for larger clients and entities, I had to learn what endowment investing was. And once I got an understanding for it, the thing that I felt really spoke to me was when I started having those conversations with our clients, learning about what is it that we can do for them. And I, I remember the slide that was in one of our pitch decks that really spoke to me a lot where I'm like, wow, the value that you can have in this industry is huge. It was one of our clients who had been invested with us for about 10 or 12 years had a slide that showed when they first gave us their endowment, it was about $100 million. And now, or at that point in about 2022, before I left, it was about $1.2 billion. And that was from our management of their money and how it grew over that 10 or so year period. What they included on that slide was how, when they first gave us that money and that endowment was $100 million, they had students of one number. And now that had grown exponentially. They had a certain number of full ride scholarships that had grown exponentially. They had a certain number of campus buildings that students could be in and programs they offered and faculty, tenured faculty that were there. All of that had grown and they were able to attribute all of that to what they could take from the endowment now that it had grown so much larger. And I remember seeing that and thinking, wow, this is that's the pitch. That's how we get more clients and showing like this is the impact you can have as a university by having your money managed in a way that you might not have the access and ability to do on your own. And that's what really led me to think I would love to have that ability to be on that investment side to make those decisions that are actually growing that money so it can be used for those purposes for other either nonprofits or family offices or universities. Um, so as I've been structuring my career search, I've been looking for opportunities to be on that investment side at a place where I can actually really help to grow the assets of a client. And ideally for me, a client that is able to have an impact in a way similar to that university that we were managing their money for. I think that college education is something that's becoming more and more expensive and there are more and more little fees and things that are there for students that they have to pay. And to have opportunities like some of the bigger, larger schools in the world, say Harvard, that have massive endowments and have um, more of an ability to give 
financial aid to students. Part of that is because they've been able to grow that money over such a long time and made such great returns. And I think for other universities, other entities like that, it's a, it's a really cool way to be in such a fascinating, always changing, always learning and growing space as investing, but doing it in a way that is able to have such a positive impact on others' lives and the educational opportunities that exist for other students down the road. Well, you mentioned uh, your summer being part of helping you put together this Z component of, of, of your development here. Uh, what'd you do this uh, summer? Yeah, it's a great question. So I was working at Sam's Capital, which is a public equities fund manager in Roslyn, Virginia, actually. And so what I found really interesting about that is one of the things that I learned about myself when I left UVA and moved out west was that I I was frankly an am an East Coaster. I love the East Coast. I was born and raised, as I mentioned earlier, in the South, and I my family's here. And so I really want to stay in this area long term. However, for a lot of people interested in the investment space, there's kind of only a couple of places you can do that in the best of ways and have the best access. And that is typically, depending on the investment, it's either San Francisco or New York City, or maybe some of the smaller hubs and major cities around the country or the world. But in a lot of ways, one of the questions I want to learn and understand is, is it possible to have a really great career in the space that I'm looking in, but do it on the East Coast? And what could that look like? And so I had heard the name Sands Capital at my prior firm. And I knew they were a large public equities fund manager out here and were based in the DC area. And so I kind of targeted them pretty early in my search. I applied through the Darn Venture Fellows Program, which is a, a really great and unique program that kind of helps students to get placed into venture capital and other fund management positions. And so one of the things that I remember taking from my experience at McKenna was I learned a lot about venture capital, but I didn't really know how it worked. I knew it existed. I knew it could be a really broad range, but I didn't know the underlying, how do you actually pick a good company to invest money? And I know it's a space that in the asset management industry is one that there's a lot of excitement about. People are always talking about, but not as many people always understand fully. So Sands Capital, about 10 years ago or so, actually started off a venture capital arm of their company that does investments on that end. And so I applied to work as a summer associate on their venture capital fund and was fortunately accepted and had an incredible experience. It was really great. They really kind of took the gloves off and let us really be a part of the firm for the summer and learn anything we wanted, be a part of any meetings, fit in on all the pitches. I, I think I sat in on close to 30 or 40 different company pitches over the summer and got to evaluate them, look through their data rooms, figure out what's make what makes this company unique, why should we invest or not invest, and going through that process with people who are more seasoned investors than, of course, I am at this point, and learning how they think was something that was very, very useful for my experience and career. And so as I now I'm taking that back, knowing that I want to potentially pursue something in the asset management space, that I have more of a lens into venture capital and fund managers of how they actually pick those portfolio companies. How do they decide what they invest in and 
for those individuals at those funds, what are those incentives like? What does it look like to think through how you will tell a potential investor, hey, this is what we want to do with your money. This is how we're going to identify the best opportunities in XYZ space. And that was a piece, excuse me, that was a piece, excuse me, sorry. That was a piece of that learning that I I really want to get and that I did not have the opportunity to in my prior experience before coming to DART and that I knew was a piece of the puzzle of actually what does it look like to be on the all the way on the ground level, finding the investment companies. And now I feel like I've gotten at least a glimpse into that, into one of the asset classes that people tend to talk about a lot, which is venture capital. Well, that's great. Sands Capital Management is our they're our neighbors here uh, in Roslyn, where I'm sitting in Arlington, Virginia. Oh, we're at 1100 Wilson Boulevard. Uh, their offices are at 1000, Boule- 1000 Wilson Boulevard. Uh, our space here, uh, see the connection, our space here in Northern Virginia is Sands Family Grounds. Uh, Frank Sands Sr., Frank Sands Jr., uh, big supporters of Darden moving into the D.C. area, doing things here and, and made the initial no- donation to kind of get this space off, off the grounds. So we have 40,000 square feet. Uh, here in, in Roslyn. Um, and so they're a big part of our, our story in Northern Virginia, a big part of the story of the Darden School uh, uh, generally as well. So, um, so Malcolm, you come back to Darden, second year student, second year is a, a year full of all kinds of things, electives, clubs, organization, leadership. Um, you know, what, what, are you, what are you doing in your second year? Uh, in addition to classes, are you involved with any clubs or organizations, anything you would want to mention here? Yeah, definitely. I have a few involvements. And I, I think the first one I'll mention is actually my involvement just with relationship building. I, I think that as you mentioned about Darden and the Sands family, I think one of the things that really stuck out to me when I was making my decision to come back to Charlottesville was actually just the relationship I had with people that were here and the University of Virginia itself. I think that if I'm being honest, one of the things that really stuck out to me and why Sands Capital was kind of top of the list was it was founded about 30 years ago by a Darden alum. The current CEO, his son, is also a Darden alum. And so being at a place that I knew also held those values that also have that kind of same love and passion for similar things that I did in the University of Virginia itself was something that was important to me. And it's something that I've in many ways while being back here in this two-year stint has been huge for me to be able to grow and build those relationships, whether it's administrators at UVA who were here when I was there before, whether it's being, I'm fortunate enough to be a mentor for several undergrad students at UVA now. There was really a lot that was affected, as everyone knows, from COVID. One of the things that UVA prides itself on is student self-governance and its ability to have students in leadership roles that kind of transition year after year to the next class. During COVID, that transition didn't happen as much, and there was a lot that got lost. So when I came back and was catching up with several mentors of mine who were in the university community, some of them pointed out like, hey, would you be willing to take on a few mentees and meet with them on a regular basis and kind of help to build back some of that institutional knowledge? And it's been one of the best things I've been able to do. It's it's I dedicate a decent amount of my time to it, and it means a lot to me to be able to give back to something that honestly gave so much to me when I was here. But I think that on the side of actual like formal clubs and organizations, um, so I'm a part of Darden Capital Management, which is a piece of the University of Virginia endowment. So we manage, I think, somewhere around 
almost 20 million or so, something about that roundabouts now. And we manage that through a series of smaller funds that have different strategies. I'm on the Jefferson Fund, which is the value fund. And so we focus on investments that based on many metrics and markets or equity ratios are believed to be undervalued companies that the fundamentals are there, in which case we could make that investment and within a few years see a positive increase in the stock price and either potentially sell or hold it for the long term as it could be a potential compounder in the portfolio. So there's a couple of other funds like the growth equities fund that exist as well. There's a real estate one and all of these kind of fit together and have pieces of that part of the endowment that we all manage. But kind of speaking to my experience, this is one of those things that I knew Darden had, knew that I wanted to join and very specifically targeted because it would give me an opportunity to learn more about asset management and do it very hands-on. So uh, it was a very structured kind of desire of mine to work with this organization. Um, the other club I've been a part of, and it's a new one that I, I help a few other students at Darden to get started, is um, it's called Allies for Gender Equity, or abbreviated AGE. It's been definitely one of the more worthwhile experiences for me. Um, the background to it is so we have the Graduate Women in Business at Darden, which is a phenomenal organization. And what they focus on doing is supporting and providing resources and programming for women in business schools. The GOIB is a national organization. And um, specifically at Darden, they focus on that support for the women at Darden and making sure that the classroom environment and learning experience is as best as it can be for all the students, especially because we are not yet at a point of being 50-50 on gender parity in the classroom. The work they do is really important. And what we found in last year is that one of the things we do to help in that work and creating better environments and making sure that everyone's able to have an equal and equitable learning experience is make sure that there's also education and conversation happening for men at Darden as well. And so with the Allies for Gender Equity group, what we focus on is also having programming and education and resources to provide those spaces for some of those tougher conversations to understand we live in a world that for many, many years had a very strong patriarchal society and understand the implications of that today, what that means in the workforce, what that means in the classroom, and also how that can tie into what we can do, whether it's in the class, at networking events, at recruiting events, at our summer internship, or down the road when we're managers at our own companies. Having those experiences in business school, being able to be in a safe learning environment is a lot better than having to make these mistakes where the consequences are really big on people's careers and futures. And so um, the Allies for Gender Equity Club has been definitely a, a, a great way in my mind to try and make a change that I think is necessary. I, I hope that programs across the country at different business schools are able to find ways to build allyship and make sure that people of different intersectionalities and different backgrounds have support systems and can be supported in school. But that's definitely been one of the organizations that I, I've enjoyed being able to be a part of. And also I'm hopeful that it's able to have an impact on students and the experiences they're able to have here. Well, tell us a little bit more about the classes uh, that you've been taking here um, in the first quarter of, of your second year. Any any class in particular that you were really excited about or that you really enjoyed? 
Yeah, definitely. So there, there's a couple that really stuck out this quarter that I took and some I'm excited for in the quarters to come. So um, the first one is definitely the, the famous class at Darden, I think, which is private equity. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on the full name for it because it's a lot longer than that. But this class is taught by Elena Lutskina, who is one of Darn's, I think, most notable professors. She is absolutely phenomenal and just is a great researcher and knows a lot about the industry. She definitely, of the classes I've taken, I think that she updates her cases pretty regularly. And so it was really cool because we're looking at cases on private equity deals of a deal that happened literally six months ago. And so a lot of cases that you'll find at business schools, you know, they might be great cases, but they're probably written 20 or 30 years ago. Information is still valuable. It's still a great learning, but being able to take the stuff that is happening today and that you might see in the news and say, I have no idea why it matters that LVMH might acquire XYZ company or something like that, and then go through the financials, go through the thought process of a leader and actually figure out this is why this deal makes sense. This is how you would negotiate that acquisition. It makes so much sense and it's much more applicable. And then you can use that when you're talking to a recruiter or going into a job interview because it shows that you're caught up on what's going on in the world. And so I think that her class has been one of the most influential for me. It was a class that I had heard about before I even decided to come to Darden. And when I came, I knew I needed to take. And now having finished it and passed the class, I can wholeheartedly say that that class is exactly the thing that I knew I needed to learn when I came back to Darden. And so it's also one of the things that I, I saved out all of the cases and all my notes. And I will probably be looking back on those notes for the next 20 years in my career, as long as I'm able to go into what I'm trying to do now. And so I think that having an educational experience like that, where I was able to sit down in a class, learn from other people, learn from a professor who really knew what she was talking about on the topic, and then see it in so many ways, be so applicable to what I'm interested in was just huge and kind of a great like validator that I chose the right school. I chose the right program where I was able to learn exactly what I was looking for. Uh, anything you're looking forward to in quarter two? Uh, no, you probably have another exciting slate of electives planned here. Yeah. Um, let's see here. You two, I have. We're we're still some of our classes are still locking in. I'm taking a real estate investing class, which should be interesting. Again, you're picking up a trend here. Um, I've been very structured in the courses I'm taking, but so that one should be fun. Um, I'm also taking. Oh, um, I can now say this because I don't feel bad if other students try to get into the class because I think there's a wait list. I, I'm taking a class on business law, and it's taught by one of the University of Virginia's most prized and acclaimed professors, Sherry Moore. So she teaches a class for undergrads called commercial law. She teaches two sections of it, one and two. I took both of them in undergrad. She is just a phenomenal professor and she really does a great job of taking things in different law code and applying it in an actual commercial or business case. And so when I saw that this was a course that she was teaching for MBA students, I immediately told myself I would love to take her class for a third time. I'm sure the information is updated and different. And I think that this would be a really great opportunity to, again, take 
things that I've learned throughout my career, take what I learned in my first year and apply it in a different lens, but also be able to come in and really come full circle in a way with my learning and understand things now with this different lens of having an MBA program behind my behind me in my experience. Well, Malcolm, I'm wondering, is there anything else you're looking forward to in the coming months? I know that time is time is taken away here. You're in your final year of study. Do you have anything else on your on your bucket list? I have a lot of things on my bucket list. I'll, I'll come back to the beginning of the fact that I want to play a lot more games. I, I want to have a lot of fun. I think that, you know, students who talk about business school often say it's all this fun, all this networking, you're just having a great time. And I think that can be very true. I think that at Darden, especially, you definitely do have to work a little bit, especially in your first year because of the core curriculum, the structure and learning teams and everything. But I, I definitely found uh, in my undergrad experience and also here at grad school, it's very much a work hard, play hard environment. And so, you know, you put in the work, you put in the time and you'll find yourself having the opportunities and ability to enjoy yourself as well. So there's a lot of things to see and do around Charlottesville that I missed doing while I was out West and I look forward to doing a bit more of. There is a lot of just amazing people at Darden that I've met that I look forward to getting to spend much more time with. Um, it's kind of one of the sad things about MBA programs only being two years is you're here, you intern, you're here, you're gone. And so I think that having all of these people who have come from literally all over the world, who may be going back to different places all over the world, make it all the more pertinent to enjoy the time that I have with them while we're all in this place and have this shared experience because you don't really know what's going to be the next steps. You don't know where people are going to be. You don't know when the next time is you'll get to see them, but you do know that you have the present and you have the opportunities in front of you to get to enjoy that time and really just enjoy it all for what it is. And I think that, you know, while I'd love to cap off this darn experience, our I mean, section C, we won the darn cup, darn cup last year. We're looking for a repeat. We'll see if it happens. At the same time, I think one of the best things about Darden Cup is just the ability to bring a lot of the Darden population together for a fun thing and just have a great time. And I enjoy all the events because everyone does get to come together for that. Everyone is able to just ride behind and have this really goofy experience. Um, I don't think anyone has ever cared as much about bowling as they do when the bowling tournament comes around for Darden Cup. And I think that little things like that that just bring us all together and have these great memories and things that we can do and share in our experiences is just worthwhile in the long term. And um, while we learn a lot of great stuff in the classroom, I feel like those are some of the experiences that will definitely be remembered in the long run a little bit more. Well, Malcolm, thank you so much for everything you've shared here today. Uh, last question for you. Do you have a piece of advice for our prospective student listeners, something you would encourage them to consider as they go forth on their own MBA journeys? Yeah, that's that there is, I guess, the couple hundred thousand dollar question when you're thinking about applying to schools and where you go. So I think that the the advice I would give to students who are in that seat that I was in a few years ago is just definitely take the time to think about what it is you want from an MBA and also what it is you would want coming out on the other end. I think that I've talked to a lot of my mentees or friends who are like, oh, you're a business school. I think I should come back and go to business school. That sounds like a good idea. And then I ask them, well, what are you trying to do? 
if you go back to business school? And they're like, oh, you know, well, I'm a analyst now. I want to be a senior analyst or a senior associate. And I always ask them the question, if you kept working there for two years, would you get to that position? And they're like, yeah. And so then I, I have to remind them, like, well, maybe this might not be the right time to make that transition or because you can come when it's most beneficial to you. And so I think that the thing that I encourage prospective students to think on is think a lot about the why and the when of getting an MBA, because that decision, as I mentioned earlier, if you've done a lot of that work and thought before and are able to think through what it is you need for your career to excel and where you want to go, that will really help you in deciding what's the best program that's going to take me there. What's the actual location I want to be in? And what is going to happen in the long run? I think that, you know, with the University of Virginia and Darden, one of the things that's really unique about this place and is, again, this is just my bias here, but I think that we have one of the best alumni bases in the entire country when it comes to students and experience. I know that if I'm looking at a company that I'm interested in and I see that there's a UVA or Darn alum that works there, I can send them a direct message on LinkedIn and there's about a 99.9% .9 chance they will respond simply because they'd love to talk to someone who went to UVA and someone who has that shared experience. I think that there is a lot when you're thinking about the alumni networks you want to have access to, the location of the place that you want to be in, and also just the experience you want to have, that you can learn those things by talking to current students, by talking to alums and reaching out and just taking all of that into consideration rather than just thinking, I need an MBA, I'm going to take whatever I can get and go because I feel like I need to do it right now. There's there's more in that process. And if you are in a position where you can take the time to think about that, I, I think that's probably a long-winded but the advice I would give to prospective students is they're making the decision of making such a large investment in their future, but also in their career and their friendships and just their education overall. Well, thank you for that advice, Malcolm. And it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you for sharing your story and your experience with all of our listeners. And uh, best of luck as you uh, work on those papers over fall break. Uh, but so appreciate <laughs> you taking some time out of your day for this conversation. The pleasure has been mine. Thanks so much for the time. And uh, I hope that all the students out there who decide to come to DARD enjoy it as much as I have. And that was my interview with Malcolm Stewart, a second year student in our full-time MBA class of 2024. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at DARDEN, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.